What's happening, food eaters? This is the Food Labels Revealed podcast with your host, Mel Weinstein, personally dubbed the self-professed prophet of processed foods. A new episode is released at the end of every month. This is episode number 31. This is the second program on the subject of fast food restaurants. I will be pitting two icons of Mexican-style food, Chipotle Mexican Grill versus Taco Bell. Which is healthier? Which is worse? I will be analyzing both ingredients and nutrition values in a single meal in each restaurant. Be prepared for a few surprises. But before getting started, here are a few brief messages. For newcomers to the podcast, here's some information about me. I have a 30-plus year background in chemistry education, food analysis, and food chemical research. And for much of that time, I've had a fascination, some may even call it an obsession, with the topic of processed foods, what's found in those foods, and how they may be affecting our health. I try to see behind the commercial food curtain at all of those strange, hard-to-pronounce, and sometimes dangerous ingredients that wind up in many of the foods stocked on the shelves of our grocery stores. This is a 100% free, on-demand radio show. Yes, I said free. Just put that money back in your wallet. This podcast has no sponsors, financial supporters, or Kickstarter campaigns. All the opinions expressed in this podcast are mine, and to keep it that way, I don't promote any commercial products or work with any sponsoring organizations. All I ask of you is to listen, and if you are informed, educated, or entertained by the content, please let others know through social media or the old-fashioned way, word of mouth. Website and contact information will be provided at the end of the show. So, let's get started. In episode number 27, for the first time, I devoted a program to discussing the ingredients in fast food and looking at some of the nutritional aspects. I compared a hamburger meal between McDonald's and Burger King. At the time, I was totally surprised about the availability of online data for ingredients and nutrition facts for most national fast food chains. Were the companies simply volunteering this information out of the kindness of their hearts to to help their customers? Or was it because the Food and Drug Administration had enacted a policy that would, in the near future, require restaurants to reveal that information to the public by posting it at their establishments. And therefore, the fast food companies were getting a jump start on those requirements. I'm not sure which is true. Maybe it's a combination of both. Two inquiries that I was interested in finding out about were one, are the ingredients in fast foods similar or the same to the ones found in ultra-processed foods sold by the major food manufacturing companies? And two, Are the nutritive values of fast foods similar to the ones in ultra-processed foods? Here were the conclusions that were made in the burger episode. The data definitely indicated that fast food is just another expression of ultra-processed food, which universally has been condemned for its contribution to the rising health epidemics in this country and around the world. Although comparing only two meals from only two restaurants was not definitive and no final conclusions could be drawn, I predicted that analyses of other fast food restaurants would show similar conclusions. In the burger study, 
The Big Mac or Whopper meals were excessive in calories. Uh, they averaged 1,665 calories. They were heavy in fat with an average of 108% of the daily recommended amount. And they were loaded with sodium with an average of 87% of the daily recommended amount. And lastly, they were very high in sugar, averaging 109 grams per meal, which is close to four ounces. The other indicator, the number of processed ingredients in each meal, just further validated the conclusion that this type of food is dangerous to people's health. There were 108 ingredients in the Big Mac meal. Of the unique ingredients, 64% of them could be classified as highly processed. There were 99 ingredients in the Burger King meal, uh, which was a Whopper. Of the unique ingredients, 63% of them could be classified as highly processed. In this program, I take the same approach with two Mexican-style restaurants, namely Chipotle Mexican Grill and Taco Bell, two pretty different fast food restaurants. To be fair in the analysis, I'll examine a similar meal in each restaurant consisting of a beef burrito, chips and cheese sauce, and a fountain carbonated beverage. By the way, the word burrito literally means little donkey in Spanish coming from burro, which means donkey. The name burrito possibly derives from the appearance of a rolled up wheat tortilla, which vaguely resembles the ear of, a name, of, of the namesake animal or from bedrolls and packs that the donkeys carried. Now, here's a warning. This will be a data intensive episode. Not to worry. I know that it will be difficult to assimilate all this information in one listening of the podcast. After all, it took me several days to compile all the facts and figures. So, for those listeners who are interested in pursuing the data at their leisure, I will make it all available in downloadable Google Documents. Please see the show notes at podbean.com, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com and look under Food Labels Revealed. Or those links may also show up in your podcast player in the show description. Alternatively, if the details of this fast food analysis are tiresome and boring to you, feel free to fast forward to the end of the show where I'll give a summary and you'll get the gist of the whole thing there. First, let's start with Chipotle, a name which took me a long time to learn how to pronounce and I'm really still not sure I'm doing it right. As usual, here's a bit of history. The word chipotle comes from the Nahuatl language and refers to a smoked and dried jalapeno chili pepper. The company was founded by Steve Ells in July 1993 and is one of the first examples of a fast, casual dining establishment. Restaurants with weight services, appealing decor, rapid food service, and ones which may offer alcoholic beverages like beer. The first restaurants were all in Colorado. In 1998, McDonald's Corporation became its largest investor. By 2006, when McDonald's divested it, the chain had grown to 500 locations. Today, there are over 2,000. 
In an ironic twist, considering the topic of this program, the former CEO of Taco Bell, Brian Nickel, replaced Steve Ells as the CEO in March of 2018. Soon after taking the job, Brian Nickel oversaw the closing of 65 underperforming restaurants. Steve Ells fashioned his restaurant chain under some unusual guidelines for fast food restaurants. In 2001, Chipotle re released a mission statement called Food with Integrity, which proclaimed its intention to use primarily naturally raised meat, organic produce, dairy products produced from cows who were not given added hormones, and using pork from pigs not raised in confined animal feeding operations known as CAFOs. Later in 2015, Chipotle stopped using foods with GMOs. Additionally, most of the food is prepared on site. None of the restaurants use freezers or microwave ovens. As a consequence of these practices, health.com mentioned Chipotle in its list of the healthiest fast food restaurants. On the downside, Chipotle has gotten into trouble in the last eight years for food poisoning outbreaks at some of its restaurants. In 2009, the Minnesota Department of Health traced an outbreak of Campylobacter bacteria to a restaurant in Apple Valley where contaminated lettuce infected raw chicken. However, the worst outbreaks occurred in 2015, a very bad year for Chipotle. And that one year alone, 2007 patrons got sick in Simi Valley, California, then 64 people in Minneapolis. In October 2015, at least 22 people got sick after eating at Chipotle restaurants in Washington and Oregon. As a result, 43 stores were closed. By November, the stores reopened after all the food was disposed of and the facilities received a deep cleaning. In November 2015, there was an outbreak of E. coli traced to a restaurant in Seattle. By December 2015, the total number of states being affected had increased to nine. And there were new cases reported in the states of California, Illinois, Maryland, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Washington. On February 8, 2016, Chipotle closed all of its eateries nationwide for a few hours during the morning for an all-staff meeting on food safety. The contamination issues continued in 2017 when 130 patrons got sick in a Virginia restaurant. In the following year, in July 2018, there were 700 complaints from patrons in an Ohio restaurant, which the CDC called the worst case of foodborne illness in U.S. history in a single restaurant location. The causes behind all these outbreaks varied from contaminated food to poor sanitation to sick workers handling food. To combat these problems and to restore the reputation, the Chipotle company instituted sweeping sanitation and food safety policies. Let's get into the data for the Chipotle meal. Note that I did not count added vitamins and minerals or water in ingredient lists. I took each part of the meal and listed all the ingredients from highest to lowest quantities, just like you see on food labels. Deconstructing the burrito, there was the seasoned beef, which they call barbacoa. Tomatilla red chili sauce came next, 
Monterey Jack cheese and sour cream, beans, romaine lettuce, and a flour tortilla. Now, there were 11 ingredients in the seasoned beef, all whole foods or spices. So, true to Chipotle's mission, there were no artificial ingredients. Next, the tomatilla red chili salsa had seven ingredients, all natural. The Monterey Jack cheese had only four ingredients, again, all natural. The sour cream listed just one ingredient. Yeah, just one ingredient, cultured cream. The beans had 12 ingredients. Likewise, they were all natural. The flour tortilla, amazingly, had only four ingredients. I was impressed that white flour was not listed. Apparently, in 2017, Chipotle became the only natural restaurant brand not to use any added colors, flavors, or preservatives in its food in the United States. That means that all the tortillas, tacos, and chips are made from whole flours. Next up comes chips and queso, which is a cheese sauce. The chips have only four ingredients, all natural. The cheese sauce is very complex with 26 ingredients, all of which are natural or derived from natural sources. However, some of the natural ingredients are highly processed like cornstarch, tapioca starch, rice bran oil, and distilled vinegar. The last item of the meal is the $1.99 22-ounce Coca-Cola fountain drink. This is considered a small size at Chipotle. The next size up is 32 ounces for only 30 cents more. Obviously, Chipotle doesn't make this product, so it's not pristine and clean like the other portions of the meal. The Coke has five ingredients, including the ubiquitous and mysterious natural flavors and industrial ingredients like high fructose corn syrup, car uh, caramel color, phosphoric acid, and caffeine. Looking at the ingredients overall, how many are there in this meal? Well, not counting the added vitamins and minerals, the total comes to 73, a relatively small number for a fast food meal. Obviously, some of the ingredients are repeated in the various components of the meal. Accounting for those repeats altogether, there are 30 unique substances. According to the many experts on the subject, the obesity epidemic is characterized by the overconsumption of salt, sugar, and fat, or oil. Looking at all the ingredients in the Chipotle meal, what percent fall in these categories? Surprisingly, 31% are either salt, sugar, or fat, which is a high number. Another major contributor to obesity is the consumption of processed and ultra-processed food ingredients. So how many ingredients in the Chipotle meal fall into those categories? Only 18%, very low for a fast food restaurant, which is in keeping with the whole food image that the restaurant wants to promote. Now let's look on the nutrition side of the Chipotle meal. To discuss nutrition, I'm going to talk about daily values because that's how the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, has set up the standards for nutrients on food labels. If you look at any nutrition facts label, you'll see a column on the right side that is titled percent daily value. And there is a list of percents for many of the nutrients listed on the left side of the label. For example, for total fat, you might see 20%. 
The important thing to know is that this value and all the others are based on a daily intake of 2,000 calories, representative of a moderately active young adult. Sometimes you'll see a second column of percents based on 2,500 calories. However, if you're an average sized male or someone who is very active, then you'll need more calories and the daily values shown on food packages will be too low for you. But since the government requires all food manufacturers to list percent daily values based on a 2000 calorie intake, then that's what I'll be referring to. By the way, a moderately active man should be consuming about 2600 calories per day. First off, What's the weight of the food and drink in the Chipotle meal? It comes to 1,344 grams or 2.96 pounds. Yes, you heard me right, almost 3 pounds. Of course, that includes a lot of water from the 22-ounce soft drink. That alone is 1.2 pounds. In terms of energy, the meal contains 1,900 and nine calories. Note that's 95% of the 2000 daily calorie limit. So you've almost shot your energy wad for the day with just this one meal. Now I'll break down the nutrition components for you. Here is the total fat for the meal, 76 and a half grams. The percent daily value for fat in this case is 120%. Think about that for a moment. You just exceeded your fat intake for the whole day. If you're a moderately active person, you can't eat any additional fat that day without endangering your weight. By the way, that 76 and a half grams of fat in the Chipotle meal is higher than the amount of fat found in the McDonald's Big Mac meal described in episode number 27, which included french fries and a shake. Most people are aware that a diet high in saturated fat is bad for the cir circulatory system, heart, and brain. So let's see how much shows up in the burrito meal. 30 grams. That's 150% of the daily value. Not good. Again, you've exceeded the daily allowable amount. Another unhealthy fat is trans fat formed in partially hydrogenated oils, which also is bad for the coronary system. There's no official daily limit for trans fat intake, and there probably never will be, since the government has mandated food companies to stop using partially hydrogenated oils. However, a website called Healthline does assign a daily limit of 2 grams. The Chipotle meal has actually 0 grams. That's good news and an indicator that restaurants are eliminating trans fat from their menus. Another nutrient that the feds don't track in a daily diet are carbohydrates. But I'll mention the amounts in each meal. The Chipotle burrito meal has 236 grams of carbs. Also, protein's not tracked in the daily diet, even though too little or too much protein can be a problem for health. The Chipotle meal has 68 grams. Now, the vast majority of Americans have no problem getting enough protein in their diet. The DRI, which is the Dietary Reference Intake, recommends 0.36 grams of protein per pound of body weight. 
That means for a 150-pound person, they would need to consume about 54 grams of protein daily. So this one burrito meal provides all the protein needed for the whole day. Next up is cholesterol, another component in our diet which is frowned upon. Too much is definitely a bad thing for the circulatory system. The burrito meal has 185 milligrams. That's 62% of the daily value. That's a very high number. Then there's sodium. Known for its association with hypertension or high blood pressure, sodium levels in foods have been scrutinized for many years. The Chipotle meal has 2,933 milligrams. That's 122% of the daily value. Holy cow, that could be a record. With all the salt in this meal, it's no wonder why Chipotle sells such large servings of soda just to wash it down. The last nutrient to mention is fiber. That nutrient made it on the watch list after the government observed that as food consumption got more and more industrialized, the fiber content of foods got lower and lower. Most fiber comes from whole fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, and nuts. Fiber in the diet helps with digestion and elimination in order to maintain a healthy colon. As a side benefit, a high fiber diet makes you feel full, so you are less likely to overeat. The Chipotle meal has 21 grams of fiber. That's 84% of the daily value. That's a very decent showing for fiber. Thank the black beans for that nutritional benefit. Finally, I want to say a few words about sugar. One of the three horsemen of the obesity apocalypse. Sodium, fat, and sugar. The government doesn't have a daily value for sugar yet. However, Coming soon to all food labels, and some of them have them even today, there will be a listing for added sugars, which includes any sugar which is not found naturally in a food ingredient. For example, if raisins, which are full of sugar, are in a cereal, they will only be counted in the total sugar content. If the cereal also has table sugar, corn syrup, solids, and dextrose, then those ingredients will be counted as added sugars. The Chipotle meal has 79 grams of sugar, or about 16 teaspoons, the vast majority coming from the Coca-Cola. Let's turn to Taco Bell now. That company was founded by Glenn Bell in 1962 in Torrance, California. Notice the founder's name, intentional or coincidental. Glenn Bell started with a hot dog stand in San Bernardino, California in 1948, the same city where McDonald's began. He noticed how popular Tex-Mex restaurants were becoming, so he started his own in the early 1950s. After selling his original company, he started Taco Bell, and by 1967, the company had opened its 100th franchised restaurant. In 1978, PepsiCo purchased the chain and managed the restaurants through its subdivision called Yum Brands. Taco Bell began co-branding with other Yum companies such as Kentucky Fried Chicken, Pizza Hut, and Long John Silver. So you may find those restaurants located near each other. There are 7,000 Taco Bell restaurants worldwide with 80% of them operating independently. 
I know from growing up in, in mid-sized cities during the 60s and the 70s, I was never far from a Taco Bell. And it was one of my favorite places to eat as a teenager and young adult. Let's get into the data for the Taco Bell meal, which also consists of a burrito, chips and cheese sauce, and a fountain drink. Again, note that I did not count added vitamins and minerals or water in ingredient lists. Deconstructing the Burrito Supreme, there was the seasoned beef, red sauce, cheddar cheese, sour cream, the reduced fat variety, beans, iceberg lettuce, and a flour tortilla. Also, usually included are tomatoes and onions, but I left these out in order to match the chipotle burrito. There were 22 ingredients in the seasoned beef. Half of these ingredients were either highly processed natural foods or were synthetic additives like cellulose, maltodextrin, soy lecithin, disodium inosinate, and guanylate, lactic acid, and modified cornstarch. Next, the red sauce had 14 ingredients, with six ingredients classified as highly processed or synthetic, such as xanthan gum, ascorbic acid, and citric acid. The cheddar cheese had five ingredients, mostly natural, but an unidentified anti-caking agent was listed. The sour cream listed 14 ingredients, including 12 highly processed or synthetic ingredients such as sodium phosphate, cellulose gum, potassium sorbate, guar gum, locust bean gum, and carrageenan. The beans had 16 ingredients, with six of them being highly processed or synthetic. The flour tortilla had 16 ingredients, with 11 of them being highly processed or synthetic, including sodium acid pyrophosphate, distilled monoglycerides, and fumaric acid. Whenever I come across a new ingredient that has not been mentioned before, it becomes the ingredient of the day. So front and center is fumaric acid. Found in nature, its synthetic analog is used in food preparations. As an additive, it's known as an acidulant. It helps control the acidity of a food and also imparts a tart or sour taste. Next up are the chips and cheese sauce. The chips have only five ingredients, four of which are highly processed or synthetic, such as sodium propionate and sorbic acid. The cheese sauce is fairly complex with 18 ingredients, 12 of which are highly processed or synthetic, including dipotassium phosphate, potassium citrate, and sodium steroidal lactolate. The last item of the meal is the 20-ounce Pepsi fountain drink. The soda has seven ingredients, including the ubiquitous and mysterious natural flavors and industrial ingredients like high-fructose corn syrup, caramel color, phosphoric acid, caffeine, and citric acid. Looking at the ingredients overall, how many of them are in this meal? The total comes to 118, a high number, but not unusual for a fast food meal. Obviously, some of the ingredients are repeated in the various components of the meal. Accounting for the repeats, there are 71 unique substances. Let's look at the number of ingredients that fall in the categories of salt, sugar, and fat. 
looking at all the ingredients in Taco Bell meal, what percent fall in these categories? Surprisingly, only 18% are either salt, sugar, or fat. Another indicator of unhealthy food is the amount of processed, ultra-processed, and synthetic food ingredients. How many ingredients in the Taco Bell meal fall into those categories? The meal contains a whopping 52%. So over half the ingredients fall into this unhealthy category. Now let's look at the nutrition side of the Taco Bell meal. First off, what does the total food and drink weigh? It comes to 957 grams or 2.1 pounds. Of course, that includes a lot of water from the 20 ounce soft drink. Uh, about 1.2 pounds is due to that. In terms of energy, the meal contains 895 calories. That's 45% of the 2000 calorie limit. So that one meal provides almost half of the day's recommended calories. Now, I'll break down the nutrition components for you. Here is the total fat for the meal, 23 grams. The percent daily value for fat is 35%. So as far as fat goes, that meal provides roughly a third of the daily recommended amount, which is okay. Most people are aware that a diet high in saturated fat is bad for the circulatory system, heart, and brain. So let's see how much shows up in the burrito meal. It has 5 grams. That's 25% of the daily value. Not bad. Another bad fat is trans fat, formed in partially hydrogenated oils, which also is bad for the coronary heart system. The Taco Bell meal has 0 grams. It's good to see that trans fats are disappearing from fast food. Regarding carbs, the burrito meal has a total of 160 grams. Considering protein, the burrito meal has a total of 21 grams, which is acceptable. Next up is cholesterol. The burrito meal has 15 milligrams. That's only 5% of the daily value. So it's well under the limit for an individual meal. Then there's sodium. The Taco Bell meal has 1,411 milligrams. That's 59% of the daily value. High, but not unusual for fast food. As expected, salt usage is very high in the fast food industry. The last nutrient to mention is fiber. The Taco Bell meal has 10 grams. That's 40% of the daily value. That's a decent showing. Again, you can thank the black beans for that benefit. Finally, let's take a look at sugar content. The Taco Bell meal has 80 grams of sugar or about 16 teaspoons, and the vast majority of that's coming from the Pepsi. At this point, I want to compare the two restaurants against each other. However, in order to be fair in the comparison, I need to express the nutritional values of each meal on the same basis. The Chipotle meal is a much larger serving than Taco Bell's. This is also reflected in the cost. The Chipotle meal has a weight of 1,344 grams and comes in at $13.29 without tax. The Taco Bell meal has a weight of 957 grams and costs $6.87 without tax. 
So I calculated all the nutritional values on a 100 gram basis. For example, I report the number of calories per 100 grams of food plus drink. Here is the final nutritional analysis for the two meals with the Chipotle meal mentioned first, followed by the Taco Bell meal. First, we'll start with calories. 142 versus 94. Next, fat. There's 6 grams versus 2 grams. Saturated fat. 2 grams versus 2 grams. Cholesterol. 14 milligrams versus 2 milligrams. Carbs. 18 grams versus 17 grams. Protein. 5 grams versus 2 grams. Sodium. 218 milligrams versus 147 milligrams. Fiber, 2 grams versus 1 gram. And last, sugar, 6 grams versus 8 grams. In analyzing this data, it's interesting to note that Chipotle, which vigorously promotes a healthy menu by offering fresh and wholesome foods, unexpectedly does not do so well against Taco Bell in the nutrition department. The Chipotle meal is higher in the following ways. It's 150% higher in calories, 300% higher in fat, 700% higher in cholesterol, and 148% higher in sodium. On the positive side, the Chipotle meal is better in the following ways. It's 250% higher in protein, 200% higher in fiber, and it's 25% lower in sugar. Sadly, each restaurant offers up large amounts of salt. For those of you with high blood pressure, I would definitely stay away from either meal. It's time to summarize all this data. In comparing the Chipotle meal against a similar one at Taco Bell, the result appears to be a Mexican standoff. The Chipotle meal on the surface looks wonderful by offering up fresh ingredients and by not using a bunch of additives, particularly synthetic substances. Their menu is not chock full of ultra-processed foods, which is unusual for a casual fast food restaurant. Bravo for that. On the other hand, Taco Bell's meal includes a bunch of overly processed and synthetic ingredients. Over half the Taco Bell meal includes those kinds of low-quality ingredients. Thumbs down for that. Taco Bell does not distinguish itself from the majority of fast food restaurants, which utilize cheap and unnatural ingredients to keep their meals inexpensive but tasting great to get their customers hooked. However, the nutritional analysis gives the flip side. The Chipotle meal is laden with fat, cholesterol, and salt, and is heavy in saturated fat, not good for the heart. The Taco Bell meal is lower in those heart-challenging substances. So, which is a healthier restaurant to eat at? Well, it's a toss-up. The answer depends on what's more important to you regarding your personal health. Do you care more about your heart and circulatory system, or are you more worried about the overconsumption of fake foods made in factories? Regardless of your personal opinion, both these restaurants are thriving, as evidenced by their popularity. Just yesterday, I drove by a Taco Bell restaurant several times during the evening, and there were long lines of cars in the takeout lane. Obviously, 
the word about the dangers of fast food isn't getting out or people just prefer to remain ignorant or the marketing of these companies is just too good. The attractions of taste, quickness, convenience, and cheapness are overwhelmingly more important to people than their health. For me, I confess that I go to Taco Bell a few times a year to satisfy uh, a latent craving for burritos, which I indulge in and then move on. As regards Chipotle, there's no franchise where I live, so that restaurant is easily avoided. For the podcast, this is only the second investigation of fast foods in restaurants. I originally wanted to find out if fast food was just another expression of ultra-processed food, which has been universally condemned for its contribution to rampant and growing health issues in the United States and around the world. When I looked at McDonald's and Burger King hamburger meals in episode number 27, the meals were heavy in calories, heavy in fat, heavy in sodium, and high in sugar. The burger meals had lots of ingredients. There were 108 ingredients for the McDonald's meal and 99 for the Burger King. Each meal was very high in ultra-processed and synthetic ingredients. In the current investigation, the Taco Bell burrito meal has 118 ingredients, with 52% of the unique ingredients classified as ultra-processed or synthetic. I fully expect that as I investigate other fast food restaurants, similar findings will result. I remain surprised that these kinds of findings are not splashed in headlines across print and digital media stories. Hopefully, that may change in the near future. For further inquiry into the subject of fast and ultra-processed food, I suggest reading the book Salt, Sugar, Fat, How the Food Giants Hooked Us by Michael Moss. Well, it's time to end the show. To all the listeners in podcast land, old and new, I appreciate you taking the time to tune in. If you have a little bit more time, I'd greatly appreciate a review, good, bad, or indifferent, at the iTunes store. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's www.podbean.com or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. And of course, you can always listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by downloading a podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Google Play or a host of others too numerous to mention. If you have a question or comment on anything about food ingredients or this podcast, or just want to say hello, drop me a line at foodlabelsrevealed at gmail.com. That's foodlabelsrevealed, all one phrase, at gmail.com. If you think your family, friends, coworkers, or acquaintances might be interested in this podcast, tweet or post a link through your social media outlets to get the word out. Don't forget that the references provided in this podcast are available in the show notes located at the Podbean hosting website. Lastly, I have a Facebook page that is an adjunct to the podcast. Several times a week, I post a news item related to food ingredients, processed foods, and food trends. Just search on Facebook under Food Labels Revealed Podcast. Please give it a like when you get a chance, comment if you wish, and feel free to share the posts. Next month, I'll return to the quiz show format when I'll test your knowledge on food facts and other information revealed in previous episodes. Until later, remember this, if you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. 
The outro piece music is called Private Eye, composed by Kevin McLeod.